This podcast is for the brave hearts, the black sheep, the rebels. If you're willing to face your fears and optimize your time on this planet, you are among friends. This is the Aaron Evans Podcast. Hello and welcome back. A true mark of excellence is when we don't need to talk about our methods because we embody them. And people know we're doing our work, not because we're telling them about our practice or our diets, but because of the softness of our face, the gentle way that we interact with the world. My next guest truly walks her talk, regardless of who she's with or what she's up to. Welcome to the show, Simila Tulip. Thank you very much, Erin, and thank you for that beautiful introduction as well. So Simila Tulip, this is your second time on the show, and for people that have not met you before, uh, you are an Ayurvedic doctor, you are a yogi, a mother. Can you tell us more about what you do? (laughs) Thank you. Yes, of course, of course. So my passion has always been Ayurvedic medicine. I've been blessed that I've learned it from my teachers of my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my mother. So learning one-on-one, experiencing it, living it with my family, with my parents, that Ayurvedic was just a way of life. We learned yoga, meditation, walking bare feet in the grass in the early morning dew, early and at a very young age, at a very early age. I remember uh, seeing friends play in the park. Meanwhile, my grandfather was making my sister and I walk bare feet doing silent walking meditation in the garden. And my friends were, would be looking at us saying, what are you doing? <laughs> and I would, I would say, uh, well, I think we're just doing a slow walk meditation. <laughs> and uh, later in life, of course, did I find out how beneficial being in stillness and not always going and doing can have an impact on health. So I always said, especially my mother, she lived a life of a, I I wouldn't say a saint, but she lived a life of someone who was in constant meditation. You know, she was so um, beautiful in the way she was. And again, I I just accepted it as this is mom. But later on, as we, I grew up and as I got deeper into my Ayurvedic teachings, did I realize like, wow, you know, she was raising kids, living a householder life, but also so spiritually re- evolved that I didn't appreciate it until later on in life. And what I saw and what I experienced with her, it was, um, of course, life-changing for me and why I chose this path of Ayurvedic medicine. And I wouldn't say I'm spiritually evolved, but I'm definitely in touch with my spiritual essence. And I definitely know when I need to be quiet or I need to shut down and not do the going and the doing constantly and just be. And that I really try to honor that, even though I know it's very difficult for a lot of people because we have so much going on with kids family, you know, taking care of our our parents, for example, too. There's always so much, but I think we always have to find that time because we can always be only a better person when we feel healthy. 
if we feel drained and wiped out, we can't, we don't have the energy to give to other people. And it's not our innate energy, our real true vitality. We're just using our, you know, our adrenal glands and our stress organs to push us through the day in order to make things happen, as opposed to being organically or authentically there for people. So those are some of the life lessons that I've learned. And I think I'm still continuing to learn, of course. You know, life is always a learning journey. And I still always continue to evolve. And it's just, um, I guess, the magic of life. You know, when you're ready to learn, the teacher comes and the life lessons come to you. So as long as you're open to the universe, I think that's when the universe provides the guidance that you need at that time. For someone that is not tapped in or tuned in, they've got kids and a job and a partner, what would be an easy entry point to get quiet, to listen, to tune in? Great question. I, um, the foundation of all my teachings has always been how did people or how to teach people how to listen to the whispers of their body before their body has to scream. Unfortunately, in North America, we are programmed to wait for the scream. When the scream happens, then we react because we're forced to. Whereas if you listen to the whispers of the body beforehand, and remember, you can only listen to the whispers is when you're in stillness. If you're always going and doing, there's no time for you to listen because the mind is always busy. The mind is always working. It's only when you're in quiet that you can listen to what the body's saying or even what the universe is saying. And the body and the universe will always talk to you. It always does. It's up to us to really take the time to listen. And sometimes it's just a subtle hint. You know, um, to give an example, you know, um, someone knows that their knee isn't, their knees aren't healthy, but they continue to do their mogul skiing they continue to do their running. They decide, oh, you know what? I'm not going to change what I always do because you know what? My, my, they, they still work even though I'm in pain. So they tend to just keep on going with pain. They may pop pills to help reduce the pain. They may take some medication to reduce inflammation, but they don't change their activity. They keep on going and going and doing and doing. Then all of a sudden the body starts to scream and says, okay, Go ahead, go mogul skiing, and this time you're going, something's going to happen, and you're not going to be able to continue skiing. So whether, for example, a torn ACL, MCL, meniscus, whatever it may be, something happens, but that person now is forced to lie on a couch, usually for weeks, sometimes for months, not able to do anything. And so that's the scream. And then when we wait for the scream to happen, usually we are flat in bed or flat on the couch and we can't do our usual activities we can't do the going and the doing because the body and the universe say i'm shutting you down you've got to be quiet and this is how you're going to be quiet whereas if that person listened to the whispers and said oh my knees are bothering me i should really you know maybe do a green run the whole day forget the black moguls and the mogul skiing I, I can't do that maybe i shouldn't run anymore and run on that hard pavement maybe i should just go for a gentle walk and if you refuse to change the activities and listen to the whispers of the body then the body will shut you down 
And I think we all experience it ourselves because I know I happen to me, so I can speak from experience. It happens to my friends all the time. And I always say, you should have listened to the universe. <laughs> and they always say, I know, I know, I know. But you know what? Everybody waits for the scream because I think that's how we program. So it's up to us to reprogram our brain and almost take a different lens approach to say, okay, I'm going to really be preventative. I'm really going to see what's going on and listen to what, you know, my organs, my tissues, my mind, my body, what, what the end, the universe, of course, what it's saying to me and what can I do to really listen? It is wild that you used that example because I'm training for a half marathon and right before this call, I went and I ran and I went to do my first interval and my knee started to scream at me. And I thought, you can push through it. You're fine. It's just sensation. And then I thought, no, I'm not doing this because right now my knee isn't ready to do it. Can well, you? I guess that's how connected we are, right? Oh, <laughs> that just came to me as well. Yeah. That I is, I, I was that. like, she is talking about your experience right now. Uh, so can you give us a little outline of Ayurveda in a nutshell? So Ayurveda means in Sanskrit Ayurveda, and then in English it is translated to the science of life. I like to say Ayurveda is the basis of really knowing who you are. So the more we know about ourselves, the better we are to be able to treat some of the ailments, some of the issues that may come up as we go through life. I like to think every decade, our body naturally changes. So body, mind, and spirit. So not just the physical body, but going deeper into the cellular level. So in our 30s, in our 40s, in our 50s, in our 60s, in our 70s, all of a sudden, this, the, the, each decade, something shifts in the body. Sometimes it can be a really small, gentle shift. Sometimes it can be a really loud, big shift in the body. And so again, you know, having the more that we are our own best doctors, I think we, it's really important because we know what works for us better than anybody else. And we're not all the same people as we know. There's no way I can do the same thing you can do and feel the same way because it does. it's the same with food. I can maybe eat a pizza and someone else can't because they're, they can't do the dairy, they can't do the gluten. It doesn't, it's not the same food for them. So again, we're not the same. So the more we know ourselves intricately, more that we know what works for us, especially as we get older and we make all those little switches or we make all those little changes and uh, nuances that we need to, whether it be in physical activity, whether it be with food, whether it be with the mind, whether it be how we sleep, all those little subtle changes do need to happen. And I think it's every decade where the body makes more of a, a bigger shift when things really do have to change. And we have to pay better attention to the needs of body, mind, and spirit. And that's where Ayurveda comes in. It's um, It treats the whole person, not just the symptom. So I have a really good example because someone just came to see me yesterday. And um, she, a beautiful young lady from Banff. And uh, this was her second time seeing me. And the first time when she came to see me, she came strictly for digestive issues. And then I said to her, oh, okay. I go, mm, it's not the digestion. I said, you need to find your female essence. And she goes, what? <laughs> and I said, well, we all have yin and yang. 
we, especially living here in the Bull Valley, we are such in a masculine world. We have so much more yang in our everyday going and doing that we really have to carve out and seek out that yin essence, that female essence of ourselves. And we can usually that female essence, that yin, is that place where you're not going, you're not doing, you're finding more time to just be. And you're also getting deeper into your creative self. So remember the female side of the body is the left side, which correlates to the right brain. And that right brain is our sense of creativity. And it's really important, not only for women, but in this case, it was a woman who, when I said, you know, you have to take that time to find what you enjoy doing creatively. So she came to see me in January and then she just came back to see me yesterday for a follow-up because she had to share how her life has changed in those six months that since she's been, since she's taken everything that I told her to do in January, how she's changed everything and how she's found her female's essence. And she's now able to balance her life better because all of a sudden she has more yin in her, in her life. Whereas before she was strictly yang where she lived, how she worked, everything. And she was heading for a burnout. And so in order for her to, to not hear the body scream and have to be burnt out, she had to change herself by discovering her female side. And that goes for a lot of women. You know, as, as you know, I work with a lot of women going through perimenopause and menopause. And a big part of this transition through our menopause phase is finding our female yin essence, our female yin energy, because we've masked it for so long in our 20s and 30s and 40s that we can't, we don't have it anymore. So you really have to dig it out. You really have to seek it. And then once you find it, the whole world changes. Well put. What you speak to is the idea of intentionality versus pushing one's own agenda. Growing up, I heard barely anything about menopause, and I think it's brilliant that you're bringing light to it. What advice would you give the 40-something, 50-something, 60-something woman around menopause and preparation for? So in, with the lens of Ayurvedic medicine, the belief is that we should start setting our body, mind, and spirit for the onset of menopause in our late 30s. So what I'm finding with working with women for you know 20 plus years is that we come into menopause, I'd say in the 40s, and then it's such a rough journey. It's, all, it's traumatic for probably 90% of women. They have every symptom under the sun from hot flashes to night sweats to insomnia through weight gain to no energy, loss of sleep. As you know, the list goes on and on. And really, it doesn't have to. But you have to do the work beforehand to prepare body, mind, and spirit. So when something does happen, you can, again, listen to the whispers do the work that the body says it needs and then the symptoms aren't as rough it's not as life-changing and the reason where women really need to start setting themselves up in their late 30s is because of that loss of vitality because we live in a society of always as you said hustle and bustle and going and doing we get exhausted 
and we get exhausted from our raising the kids. We get exhausted from taking care of everybody. We get exhausted from giving our energy out to other people that we forget to give back to ourselves. And if we're not grounded, if we do not have our life force, our prana, our chi, our vitality, then for sure, I would guarantee a hundred percent, you'll have every symptom of menopause because of the fact that one, you're not, you're not grounded and rooted. So your root chakra will not be in balance. And if the root chakra, the number one chakra is not in balance, there's no way that the other seven chakras will be in alignment because it all starts with the foundation and where the sacrum or our life force is at the very base of that cervical spine, that's our, that's where the prana stems from. Now, if there's blockages, if there's tension, if there's knots, there's no way the flow of vitality will be throughout the spinal column because it can't, because there are things that are blocking it. So again, it's about doing the work. It's about making sure you're doing, you know, the yoga asanas, the meditation, the nature, the forest bathing, the earthing, all those techniques that have been proven for thousands and thousands of years that work. We have gone away from doing them because we're too busy. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem because when you're too busy, the mind is busy. There's no flow of vitality in the body and there's usually not, there's not enough grounding. So the basics, you know, to start at a young age to make sure that you do have strong vitality, you do have strong grounding, that you have the ability to go through that menopausal journey with ease, with grace, and of course with peace. Yeah, something I loved in your menopause course that I took was you mentioned this sense of belonging. So if we look at the root chakra and this idea that it's our belonging first to our family of origin and then all humans and then plant life and animal life and then the earth, I, I was really surprised to hear that because a woman's role shifts quite a bit into menopause. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so I think for women, as we come into, especially the post-menopausal cycle. So usually for women in North America, they say it's between 50, 52 years of age, when you've completed your 10 years of that menopausal transition. That post-menopause is the time for us to give back to ourselves. That's the time for that self-care piece. After all those years of always giving so much of our energy, so much of ourselves to everybody else, that we forget to give back to ourselves. It's so intuitive, it's so needed that we give back to ourselves, the body starts to scream if you don't. And that's why I think a lot of times, postmenopausal women still find it really tricky because they will still get symptoms, whereas you really, at, at, at the end of the postmenopause, you know, symptoms just slowly start to die away. You know, hormones should be non-existent anymore. You're, you're able to balance everything in the body, mind and spirit. But if there's any sorts of niggling pieces in the body or the mind that haven't been taken care of, that you haven't done that pace, that place of belonging and you haven't done that self-care piece, that it will start speaking to you. And it will to ask you again and again to start paying attention, to start doing the work. Because it's not a quick fix. 
It's not a prescription or a pill that's going to, you know, fix everything. And I know a lot of people do like taking HRT because it helps them manage the symptoms. But I feel like that's a band-aid. You know, that's something you put on, but you don't really get to the root of what's happening. And the Ayurvedic lens has always been find that root cause, work to repair that root cause, and then the symptoms don't exist anymore because the root cause is gone. Okay, and so you speak of body, mind, spirit. And for our body, we know it would be meditation, slow walking, uh, yogasana. What would you say for the mind or the spirit to move into a more yin phase? Yeah, so for the mind, it, I guess meditation for sure. I think more too for a lot of people is yoga nidra is a great one to use during the menopausal cycle, especially because loss of sleep just naturally occurs with the loss of estrogen in the body. So using you know yoga recorded yoga nidra practice, and I do have one in my um, in my uh, menopause biohacking menopause course. I have a yoga nidra in there that's actually set to reprogram the brain. So it reprograms and rewires the brain thinking menopause is not a good journey. It's not healthy. It's, it's difficult to go navigate. I've, re- I've changed the wording so that you find the peace, the ease, and the joy as you reprogram the brain to think, okay, menopause is a journey. I have to go through this, and it's going to be simple and easy as opposed to having a big hurdle put in front of you. It's going to be one to navigate with ease. Yeah. So yoga nidra is a great one for the mind as well, especially if women do find meditation a little difficult. They're not able to sit in stillness. I think listening to yoga nidra and how it rewires and reprograms the cells in the body and rewires the brain is amazing for the mind. Really, really works well. It's a great tool to have. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you're speaking to or the impression that I get or got in the training is it's like an initiation. And in our culture, we don't have many initiations. Like if, if I think about it, it's like maybe a marriage would be like a ceremonious thing in the Western culture. And I know in some tribes, when a woman would start her menstrual cycle, they would parade her around the village and be like, she's a woman now. And so with, with right. this initiation into that next stage of life, wh- what are the positive uh because we've been taught, you know, stay young, stay healthy, but there's so much advantage to being wise and, and being in the next phase of life. So what would you say it's, it's an initiation into? Um, I think it's an initiation into finding your purpose in life. So your dharma. So what is your dharma? And then what is your purpose? I think that's when we get into that, that end of life phase where we think, okay, We've done so much for everybody. Now it's time to do things for ourselves. And then we also find a deeper understanding of what our needs are. So finding that life purpose, finding that that dharma. And usually for a lot of women, it's that creative sense. They find something that they're really good at that they had no idea because they didn't have the time to develop their skills, whether it be you know writing, whether it be cooking, whether it be gardening, whether it be painting, whatever it may be, but they find such a sense of freedom. When you find your purpose in life, when you find your dharma, you have this freedom that you know you're on the right path. Mm. It's almost like finding a, a an ease in life, thinking you're not fighting to get somewhere and you know to have to be in some place or do something that you know was 
dictated by family or what you you think you have to do. But at that time, you almost have that, that attitude where you don't really care. You don't really even have to care. You're going to do what you want to do because that's what brings you joy. So it's finding that, you know, that, that dharma purpose, that purpose in life where it's your values, but that also brings you such joy and such satisfaction that no one can take that away from you. And what would you say are the obstacles for women when they start to enter this next phase? Like, what do they bump up against? Uh, I think they bump up sometimes in um, thinking, well, maybe a little bit of anti-aging, right? Of um, how they should grow older, right? And really, as you had said before, you know, growing older is being more wise, right? It's being that point in your life where you can have an attitude that you have more of a sense of freedom, where you don't have to worry about what other people think all the time. You can, you know, have your own belief system and be so strong and steadfast in your beliefs that um, you know you're on the right path. You know what you have to offer to this world and you're really comfortable and you're really confident in what your offerings are. You don't have, I almost like you don't have to wear that mask. Sometimes I think women feel like they have to wear a mask to be able to fit into what society's norms are. And then at that final stage of menopause where you can take that mask off and just be yourself and you know, um, love those wrinkles because all those wrinkles are are, are stories that you can share of, of your life, of, of how, what you've gone through. So yeah, you don't have to take those away. Mm-hmm. I heard a quote the other day and I hope I can remember it. It was, I was, sh- I was so ashamed when I realized that everyone else was wearing a costume in life and I was showing my real face. And I think you're right. Like from a young age, we're, we're, we, know we, we know ourselves through competition and comparison. So we're constantly referencing, am I smart? Am I beautiful? Am I kind? And so we, we shapeshift to be like Simi, to be like Aaron. And, and, but that's not our dharma. That is not what we were here to do. And in the Gita, it says, like, it's better to do your own duty badly than to perfectly perform another's. So what a relief right. to take the mask off. Yeah. Exactly. And I think at that postmenopausal stage, I think that's what women are doing nowadays because we are talking about it. You know, we are sharing our stories. We are sharing our experience. And we, I think we have to because it, it's we don't have to hide it anymore. We're all going to go through it. We have no choice. If you're a woman, you're going you're gonna to go through menopause. And uh, to do that organically, authentically, with um, with yourself, because really it's just you that, that's going through it. And everybody will go through it in their own way. But just honoring how the process is for you and taking those messages that you receive as you move through the decades of the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, that the messages will be different for everybody. Yeah. And... I see you as such a bodhisattva or that story of Kuan Yin, how Kuan Yin had completed her time on the planet and she went to heaven's gates and she was about to walk through the door and then she heard the calls and the cries and the suffering and she was like, nope, not done yet. I'm not going to come until the suffering is over. But I'm curious for you, where do you suffer or like, because I don't think there's anger in you or, you know, like where, where are your hooks? Do you have any? 
I love how you shared that story because right away when you shared that story, I'm going to share with you why I did my biohacking menopause. So I was told by a shaman that I have to start working differently. And when she said to me, that said this to me, I said, well, I don't even know what that means. She goes, Simi, the world needs more healing and you cannot treat one woman at a time. You need to treat the masses. And she just left that with me. So again, as I, I always said, the universe talks to you. And so I thought, okay, well, what does this mean to treat the masses? I, you know, I, I can't work the way I'm working anymore. So all of a sudden, I'm part of an Alberta entrepreneurs group, so women entrepreneur group from Edmonton. So I'm part of this group. And we have, well, during COVID, we had um, Zoom meetings for lunch where we'd gather once a month and whoever was available would jump on the Zoom call. So I went to my first meeting. And there in my first meeting, I met someone who does this thing called funnel marketing. I had no idea what that was. And I'm not even on social media that much. So all this was new. So I, I scheduled a call with her and I said, oh, she goes, I said, oh, that's interesting. You do this funnel marketing. I go, my, uh, my, one of, I didn't say a shaman. So I said, one of my friends told me I have to start working differently. I can't treat one woman at a time like I do in my consultations. I have to treat more people. I said, maybe I should teach people just how to read the lines on their face. Maybe that would be really helpful because the more you know about the lines on your face, because all the lines on your face represent an organ inside. So if you know your liver strain, then you can do something to, to help your liver energy. And she goes, she stops me. She goes, no, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to do menopause. And I still, I stop for a second. I, and I never met this woman in my life. We were just on a, a, a phone call. Right. And I thought, Oh, that's the majority of women that I treat. And she goes, yeah, she goes, there's nothing, no one's working and treating perimenopause, menopause. No one's even really talking about it. She goes, I want you to do that. And then this is how everything manifested in this biohacking menopause. It was a shaman saying, I can't work the way I want. I am working. Like I have to change my whole paradigm and shift of how I'm working to someone else who's done, does nothing but social media, that's all her job is, something that I don't even know much of, and says, okay, this is the course, this is what you're doing, and then I'll put it all together for you. And the beauty, how, how, and you know how, when life, again, the universe talks to you, I had everything. I had all the paperwork, I had all the documents I needed to give to her to make it look professional and upload it in this course, that it, it almost everything happened magically and effortlessly i didn't have to i didn't feel like i had to work hard to do it because everything just came into be as it was meant to and it was just so when you know you're on the right path the universe gives you the signs and if you follow the path and if you feel like you're on this path and it's not you don't have to work at it it's just happening you know it's real. You know organically, authentically, this is what you're meant to do. And then all of a sudden, everything just clicked because this is exactly what the shaman meant by you're not, you're not, you're not healing one person at a time. You're offering this biohacking menopause to the masses and people can share in the journey when they're ready. So I have women from Australia, from France, from England, from Alaska, from our backyard. I have from all over the world because I'm not just treating one person at a time. I can treat many women going through and who want to go through this menopause phase 
naturally, organically, and authentically, and at the end, find their true essence, because that's really, the foundation is listening to the whispers of your body. The end part is finding out who you are and your dharma, your life purpose. And Simi, the fact that you're not on social media, Simi, there's nothing about you that wants to be seen or wants fame. There's like, in fact, I actually get the impression that you maybe sometimes don't want to be seen. Like you'll share your medicine, but there's nothing about you that's ostentatious. And so it's so true to the dharmic call that this has nothing to do about fame or prestige or money. It's like, no, 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 I want to heal the world. It's, it's so inspiring because the intention is so true. So how do people, how can people take this course and find the magic of Simi? Uh, so the Facebook is Biohacking Menopause. And then the website is menopausebiohackingsecrets.com. Okay. And there's three phases to the course. The first one starts with knowing who you are. So knowing your dosha, there's a dosha quiz in there. Plus it gives you the characteristics of each dosha. And then it also gives you guidelines to treat the imbalances that may occur. And then I also have a, a, a food plan that I, I, I did for, for menopause. So usually we do have to change the way we eat. So in the food plan is more of a plant-based diet, anti-inflammatory, low glycemic index, so some of the things that come up during our menopause cycle is that we tend to hold more inflammation in the body. So hence an anti-inflammatory diet. A lot of women will start to get type two diabetes or the insulin levels and glucose levels will start to fluctuate. So again, using foods that are, have low glycemic index. So the recipes and then the food plan are there as well to have, help guide women so that you lose inflammation, which of course will help to lose weight will help with in terms of diabetes, so blood sugar maintenance, and then also will help with sleeping. And then the second phase of it is how to read the lines on your face. So it's the art of Ayurvedic face reading, knowing what the lines on your face. And really, I love this program because it's not just for ourselves. You know, it's so nice when we can read other people, so people that we love, that we want to share what we're seeing on their face and saying, you know what, maybe you should get this checked out. And I have a great example because one of um, my friends and well, a client of mine as well bought, purchased the program and then she noticed a line on her husband's face. And so she asked me to double check and she goes, Sim, I think I saw a prostate line. And she goes, I think it's new. I go, I, she goes, I've never seen that before. And so she said, you know, she invited us for dinner and she goes, do you mind just, you know, silently looking and seeing, you know, is there, is there something there? And it's sure enough, there was. So he went right away the next, you know, next week to get a, a, a prostate exam to see if everything was okay. But if it wasn't for her to see that little line there, with no idea, they'd wait till something happens, the body would scream, and then the reaction would come. Whereas opposed to being preventative, and that's what the art of face reading is. It's all about preventative medicine. It's about to see, you know, how healthy is the heart? How healthy is the liver? How healthy is the prostate for a man? How healthy are your adrenal glands and your kidneys? All that is on your face. And to be able to read it and then to do the work to make them healthy again, to bring them back to an optimal healthy state is the art. So all preventative medicine, which I love. 
it was wild because a friend of mine, a friend of ours, told me, Simi, Simi reached out to me and she's absolutely right. She said, you should check your adrenal, something's up. And so then I told you that she told me and you were like, yeah, you know when you look at someone's face and they don't look like themselves and that little tiny push for you to reach out to her, she knew it was coming. She could feel it in her body, but didn't would, would have waited until she needed to go see a specialist to catch it when it was too late. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. This. And that's what I think. I, I when we talked earlier too. It's all if we the more information we have about ourselves, you know, whether it be the doshas, whether it be the art of face reading, the more that we know about ourselves, the better that we are to be our own doctor. Because really, we know our body the best. Yeah. So you should really know what's happening inside your body. Yeah. Okay. This question might be way out in left field. Do you believe that? traumas or or like knee injuries do you believe that they're time capsuled to to like teach us something or do you think it's all about how we're living like I guess it's a question of like is it karmically in our DNA or is it how we engage with life well I think it's both Erin so yeah that's a great question I do think it's both because if we engage in life in a way that's not conducive to what our body's saying, then we'll pay the price. Whereas if we change our behavior, and I think we said that earlier example, if we push ourselves to do those black mogul ski runs and the knees are taking the brunt of the, of the force and the knees are screaming at you, but you're not listening to them, then of course something's going to happen definitely something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you decide, okay, mind like yourself with your running, if you feel like, okay, I'm going to shift, I'm going to either do a walk run, so intermediate running, or I'm going to shift my activity from running to walking. You know, if we say, make those little tweaks or make those necessary changes that the body says yes to, then I don't think we'll ever get the scream in our body. So I always like to say, and I always tell people in yoga too, and when they're doing certain things, if the body says yes, continue. The body's enjoying what you're doing. If the body screams and says, no, don't go there, then you know you shouldn't. You can't, don't say to yourself, oh, you know what, I'm in pain, but I can do it. it, can, it can, because you know what, the person next door to me is doing it. So I'm going to do it as well. Even though I can't make that shape or I can't take that pressure, I'm still going to do it because I can take the pain. So the body's screaming, no, we should back off right away and not do that. But sometimes we try to push ourselves and say, well, you know what? I can do it. I can do it. And then we, some, we usually, what happens is an injury. Yeah. And like the badge of honor of being strong and resilient and wow, look at what you're capable of. But that is not what we're after. What was crazy about after my car accident is someone's like, are you Wolverine? Like, how did you heal so quickly? Like, that was that was crazy. And honestly, and I said it to my girlfriend who dislocated her elbow, it's like the ultimate time to listen. When you get hurt, it's like, oh, you got to listen. Okay, what does my body need for food? Okay, so I can bend my elbow this much, not any more than that. So for me in moments of like illness or ailments, it's been the, the most feminine I've ever felt. Ah, beautiful. And I think that's what happens when we have 
moments of lying on the couch, <laughs> not able to do, do anything, we do have to find that female energy. We yeah. find that female essence because usually you need someone else to serve you, <laughs> right? You're the one who's always doing the service. You need someone else, somebody in the house to, you know, bring things to you because you just can't get up, right? So yeah, I think intuitively, innately, we find that female essence, that yin energy, because we're not going, we're not doing, we have to settle and just be. And for a lot of people, that's the hardest mm -hmm. thing to do because that's when the body starts talking to you, the mind starts talking to you, and sometimes you're just not ready to hear. Mm -hmm. Oh, Simi, you are so inspiring. I can't even tell you, like I'm like, when you were talking about when you know you're in the flow and everything feels easy, I was like, <gasps> I wanted to jump across the screen and like be there with you. Oh, um, and you're still doing some one-on-one -on -one work as well, right? Locally in the Bow Valley? Great. Okay. Yes, and I Canmore counseling in in Canmore, and I'm doing the work uh, with them, with all the psychology group, as well as my practice of Ayurvedic medicine there. Okay, wonderful. Anything you want to leave the listener with? Listen to the whispers of your body, so that your body never has to scream. I think that's the most important life-changing lesson that we can if we can learn to do that hmm. we can have a beautiful life with full of you know ease and grace and peace and joy thank you so much listeners i hope you loved it like i loved it thank you so much for being here sim oh thank you so much for inviting me erin i love you i love you too thank you there you have it it is crucial, no matter your gender, to truly listen to your body. And as we age, we gain wisdom, we gain a better perspective of what our purpose is. So let's honor all the stages of our lives. I love you dearly. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe. Farewell, my loves.